in which we take these words that are meant to mean something, that are meant to cause uh, more effective communication, and to use a fun word that a lot of people don't use, we obfuscate their meaning. This is Blair Durham with Black Wall Street Today, your media hub for all things black entrepreneurship, politics, news, and events in Hampton Roads and beyond. When I say black, y'all say Wall Street. Black Wall Street. Black Wall Street. And now, more Black Wall Street Today with Blair Durham. Greetings. Greetings. Welcome back. It's the 106th edition of Black Wall Street Today with Blair Durham and super excited for our next guest to focus on innovation. Uh, Mr. Brian Dialect Kushner moved to New York to study acting and law. After witnessing civil rights injustices at the law firm he worked for, he quit law to solely focus on the arts. While pursuing theater, he also focused on his passion for rapping. Dialect began writing his rhymes, eventually releasing music and touring internationally. A creative force he then turned the music into plays. Dialect prides himself on always having an educational component to any piece that he creates. He considers it to be the each one teach one aspect of hip-hop. One of his most prominent and proudest artistic creations is the Museum of Dead Words. With this event, he's able to combine and utilize his passions for art, music, racial justice, social interaction, and economic inclusion to share with the world. Welcome to the show, Dialect. How are you? Thank you, thank you, thank you. I've actually never heard that bio of mine. You know, as a, ah, you like I have, like, that. Bio. I was like, I don't think I wrote that one. But that's good. That's, that's my favorite. Yeah, our what team put a little Black Wall Street Today mix on there for you. Oh, that was, yeah, yeah. That was good. Yeah, I'm, I'm, I'm going to put you, I'm, I'm going to use that one. I'm going to put the Black Wall Street Today stamp on it because, wow, that's beautiful. That's my you like that? All right, all right. Well, welcome to the show. I'm super excited, mostly about your work incredible. So I've been perusing your website and just uh, looking at the pivot that you've made to transform your uh, museum into a virtual space. And I kind of want to talk about all of it. So let's just start there. What is the Museum of Dead Words? Right. So yeah, that's a, it's like a confusing thing to a lot of folks. Like, is it a museum? Is it a building? It's a structure? Is it dead so people? All the things. Right, right, right. <laughs> it, it, it's a pop-up. And, and I guess I got to explain it. I should start where we started at the beginning. Yeah. Uh, being a rapper, I'm a words guy. And um, being biracial, I'm a race guy. Because like, that's always stuff that's been in stuff. And uh, so, so I'm just going to fly past that part real quick. I realized I couldn't talk to a lot of folks about racism. Uh, many times white people, but really people of all backgrounds because we didn't share the definition of the word. Okay. I'd be trying to talk about some kind of institutional stuff and they're talking about, well, you don't like me because we're the different colored, some Disney movie type of version. And then we couldn't even have an argument because we weren't talking about the same thing. It would evolve into a semantic argument. So I was like, where else are people having these kinds of problems with conversations? And I went online because online is really a different type of discourse because it's not talking like how we're talking now you know the tone of my voice the rhythm of my voice you understand where i'm coming from and what i mean but when it's a written word and even more specifically when it's a typed word we don't understand not only the nuance but the emotions behind it the the feelings and oftentimes the real meaning so as we strip it down to text i would look through all of these internet comments uh usually the ones under articles where it's like an anonymous person saying oh yeah I do or don't agree with this kind of thing and you know how wild folks can get mm-hmm. and i found these 
words. I, mean, I found a ton of them, but like I chose 11 that I thought were indicative of specific ways in which we ruin language, in which we take these words that are meant to mean something, that are meant to cause uh, more effective communication, and to use a fun word that a lot of people don't use, we obfuscate their meaning. We make the meaning so personal to for us. the win. Go ahead. It's a fun word. It's a fun it word. is a good one. Um, <laughs> We, we hide these things to make it easier for us to, it's a lot of that get along to get by kind of stuff. We don't challenge. My husband just texted me, obfuscation. He's listening. Go ahead. Yeah, that's what's up. I appreciate that. No, but, you know, uh, but obfuscation is like the big problem with a lot of this stuff. When we talk about like, to, to say that was my first word that I chose about racism, and when we look at the history of the way people have used words, I mean, it's in my theater show, but uh, it blew me away when I was researching. The word racism comes from a racist. Mm. The guy who first used the word racism, I think it's the first time it was written down, he was saying that killing Indians is, uh, killing Native Americans, he said Indians, is a form of racism. And what would be better for them is instead of the kill the Indian, you may have heard this phrase, kill the Indian, save the man. What he wanted to do was kill their culture, which he felt was not racist. And he is the guy who was famous for building the uh, indoctrination camps in Carlisle, Pennsylvania. Mm -hmm. So, wow. that's where racism comes from. So, you know, like from jump, people using these words, trying to blur and obscure them. Interesting. I'm on your site. You mentioned, was it 11 words? Mm-hmm. What are the 11 words? Okay, let's see if I can always pull them off my head. So we've got, you know, try to do them in order. Racism is, oh, that's not even the first one. It's hypocrite is the first word. Mm. Miscegenation, uh, which uh, folks, that's when uh, a lot of folks don't remember that. The uh, illegal version of interracial marriage, like you know, not parents. to be confused with misogyny, right? So you got misogyny. Right, not to be confused with misogyny. I'm like, even though they're very related. They're related. Uh, yes, yeah, they're like almost, related, yeah. but never conflated. Ooh, there you go. Well, conflation <laughs> is the problem with a lot of these words too, but we'll get into that. So, um, uh, miscegenation, racism. Then we went to. I believe normal is the next one. Then sexism. Wow. Yeah. Normal was the one that I thought it was the biggest surprise. Uh, What happened was I I was building my argument for several words, and I would notice other ones pop up, and normal kept popping up. Every time someone wanted to exclude and not be questioned for why they exclude, Mm -hmm. they would say, this person isn't normal. This action isn't normal. If you're not normal, then you're not one of us, and I don't need to listen to you. It's so ill how insidious normal is, even though it seems mad innocuous. Yeah. So after normal, we went to sexism, and sexism was interesting in that it's a similar paradigm to racism. In fact, the word was even created by feminists who were like, hey, the word racism did a good job on explaining racism, so we're going to do the same thing. So after seeing the way that people who wanted to continue doing racism managed to obfuscate and uh, ruin the word racism a little bit, they used similar tactics, but it went in a different direction with sexism, which leads us to our next dead word, slut, which, you know, you've heard all over the past few years, the slut walk and things like that, where people mm-hmm. try to reclaim and take back. And slut is this great, interesting example of how we don't really take back words. Because you can't take back something that you've already shared. And once these things are shared, it's kind of out there. Right, right. Um, 
Right. Reminds me uh, a little bit of uh, vagina monologues. I don't know if you're familiar with yeah. that. Yeah, yeah. I had to participate in that in undergrad because I'm like, oh, this is this is this is where it is. But anyway, go ahead. Oh, you rocked it. Oh, you rocked it. I was oh, in what, the vulva what, what, chorus. You, okay. Yeah. <laughs> yes. Talk about. It was dope too. My dad came. He sat on the front row. He didn't know what it was, but he found out. <laughs> so, anyway, go ahead. <laughs> no, I appreciate that. Well, I love art that is is challenging like that because yeah. it makes us get to the the heart of where we really are as people, and that's the reason why I got involved in theater and in hip hop. So after that one, then we move over to evil. Evil is an interesting word because mm -hmm. evil is one of those words that really never was useful. It was always this is another excuse word. It was always a reason to make it okay to hurt somebody. I created the idea of evil rather than getting to the nuance of why we have disagreements and why we have problems with each other. That gets us into the other word, deserve. Deserve is another one like normal that seems so innocuous. It seems like it's possibly positive, but ooh, deserve, deserve knocks us down. Well, because uh, like, I, I often get uh, questions from people where they're like, well, what if I think that I deserve good things? And this is the thing. Deserve is like an invisible cosine. When you say so-and-so doesn't deserve this, you're like, they don't, they shouldn't have this, and I want you to agree with me without me presenting evidence. Correct. And then when you say, I should deserve this, I feel that sentiment. But you know how life is. Oftentimes, we don't get stuff. And if we decide that we deserve something, and that's the reason that we will get something, then that means in the invariable moment where we don't get something, we will blame ourselves. And, uh... Man, talk about, me and like, my brother almost ended our, our brother-sister relationship over the word deserve earlier this year. So, yeah, I'm all the way there with you. Whoa, 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 whoa. I, mean, I want to know about Here, let me, I'll finish my words, but I want to hear the story about you. No, brother. no, just suffice it to say, he kind of threw out there that I didn't deserve a thing that I needed, you know, and it was just like, wait a minute. Oh, yeah, we, 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 yeah. Well, we, we got it back together, you know. Oh, Everything is... No, 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 no. Yeah, family, no, no. I'm sure you... But, like, that's a real, for real thing. It is. You don't deserve something you needed. That I needed. People love playing you, playing with people, uh, especially with black folks. People love playing with us on, like, what you want versus what you need. One right. thing with uh, the financial education work that I do is we also tell folks, wants our needs, too. But, you know, that's a whole next thing. Uh, let me finish up the words. Okay. 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 Deserve, I know you got a couple of them waiting for you to get to. Go ahead. Yeah. So, yeah, we can wrap it. So, Dr. Deserve, we have um, obviously. Obviously. And obviously is obvious or obviously. I like both versions of the word. And yeah. the thing that happened with obvious and obviously, oftentimes when I saw people present that word, the argument they were making was something that I agreed with. The problem was their assumption of other agreements. It's how you see, like, the, this is the one where it's really big in the political divide. You will see right-wing people be like, hey, option A is the only obvious answer. And left-wing people be like, no, option B is the only obvious answer. Right. And they can't even start an argument because that's where they're at. They're like, I can't even understand. No, like, what are you even talking about? There's yeah. nowhere for us to go from here. Yeah. Yeah. That's, that's what, that was what's wild about that one. It's like, huh. Um, now, we also have clickbait, which is one of the newest words. Clickbait. Uh, clickbait, clickbait was invented in 2006. Okay. It's like less than 15 years old. It was this, um, I forget what he was, uh, someone who works in like coding, systems analyst, something like that. I, I'm butchering this guy's job title. Sorry about that. Um, 
but he put together the word clickbait. It was um, worked off of the term linkbait, which was an advertisement that was disguised as a news article. So the thing that happened with clickbait is, and this has a little bit to do with the politics as well, there started to become these farms in random places where they would write random articles about anything just so they could get the click money from Facebook, mm -hmm. where like the articles wouldn't even exist, and that was the thing of it. So that got confusing. And then people started just describing stuff they didn't like and stuff they didn't want to hear as clickbait. So now it was like a digital version of sticking your fingers in your ear. And so people took this brand new word that was meant to be helpful and completely blew it away by making everything sound like clickbait. Yeah. Which brings us to the final word, the culminating thing of all of it, the one that breaks my heart because it's a beautiful word. It sounds great. It's a good nickname for sports athletes and all that kind of stuff. Truth. Truth. Yeah, my son's name means truth. Oh, that's yeah. beautiful. It's, it's, it's a tough one. It's tough. I mean, like, you know, in, in many versions of me doing the show, I talk about how, you know, it's, it's an important one to me. It affects me emotionally and personally as much as many of the other words. And the thing about truth is, like, truth is supposed to be real, right? Truth is supposed to be immutable. It's tangible. You understand it. It's a thing. Right. There's a lot going on with it. And we could do, like, a whole discussion about that's what truth is. Next time um, we come, we, that's all we're going to talk about for a whole 45 minutes. Yeah, we, could, truth. we could do that. I'm, I'm with that. Okay. I'll, I'll, I'll give this as, like, the way to, to sum it up a little bit. When folks started talking about my truth, you know we was in trouble. Oh, because boy. if you can own something, you don't share it, right? Mm. And if we don't share the truth, then it's not truth. It's perspective. Mm. <laughs> <laughs> That's good. That's good. I yeah. love it. So bring the Museum of Dead Words to life for us. Are you... Are, man, we don't have really hardly any time left. Like, <laughs> is this where you are? Like, how are you bringing this? Is this, yeah. are mm -hmm. you freestyle? Like, how are you doing this? And if you want so, to do a quick mm -hmm. freestyle, it wouldn't be the first time that happened on Black Wall Street today. We'd love mm -hmm. to hear you do your thing. You want to say something with me on Absolutely. Yeah. We have a rap CPA who comes on here. He's dope. You got a rapping CPA? I want to rap with your rapping CPA. I don't even know about him. See, and, well, you could, you know, um, and you'd be the rapping attorney, former, former attorney. Right? Yeah, well, I, I didn't actually become an attorney. I was working for a law firm. Um, okay. I'm thinking, I'll give a little bit about that. I was working for a law firm. And if you remember Amadou Diallo? Yes. Um, so I was like 19. I just moved to the States. Um, wow. I was, you know, in college. I was sort of doing my accident and rap and thing. But, you know, uh, well, you know, you know how families are. They're like, you get a real job, be a lawyer, all that stuff. And I was working for these guys, and I was doing pretty well. And I, they let me do a little paralegal stuff, and I was getting up there. And then my lawyers represented the cops who shot Amadou Diallo. And they won the case, and they came in the building in the office popping champagne bottles. And I talked to all the other lawyers, and I, I was like, what can I do? And they told me about my career path plans, and they were like, you're either going to be a broke public defender who doesn't get what they want done, or you're going to give up and sell out. And that's when I leaned further into arts and education, because that's what I could do. And to explain quickly about what we do with the museum, is the museum started off as a guided theatrical tour. I built large versions of each one of the words in obnoxious fonts like papyrus and Helvetica and all that stuff. Mm -hmm. And oh, I did rap cool. songs about how each word died. And the whole thing of that is rhythm and tone is language. That's communication. 
So I used the rhymes and I used the beats to create some symmetry to make it all make sense. So I created the rap album amongst those. And what I would do is I would take folks in an intimate way, like, you know, five to 15 of the most people on a guided tour, just like, you know, a museum tour. And as we approached each exhibit, I would break into rap song and monologue about how the word died and why it matters. I would also collaborate with local artists around the country, wherever I would go, to share visual pieces that represent how they feel about these words and also pieces of commerce because language and money have so much to do with each other. When people talk about free speech, y'all know free speech is expensive. Really? Who are poor don't actually have free speech, but you know that's a whole next conversation. That's good. What I've had to do with the epidemic is because um, I had a big tour and all these great bookings planned for this year. I'm supposed to rock with the Society for Linguistic Anthropology. I was so excited about that. We so I created an online version. Oh, we're out of time. Yeah, <laughs> I'll come back on and rhyme it next time. It's, it's all right. We've been having good discussions. It's a fun thing to be damn it words. I'm actually doing the Word Truth next week, uh, Tuesdays and Thursdays, museumofdeadwords.com. Come rock with me, Cypher. I'll freestyle with y'all later. Museum of Dead Words.com. Mm-hmm. Was that it? Museum of yes, Dead Words.com? All right, mm-hmm. awesome. Man, thank it's you been so a much. phenomenal show. A tremendous thank you to our sponsors, uh, Apex Financial Group of Virginia, Milestone Mental Health Agency, the COO team. Yeah. Yeah. This show is brought to you by Positive Vibes Incorporated, our consulting services. We do credit fixes, tax resolution, we lend private money to real estate investors, and we do debt consolidations. Basically, we put money in your pocket when you need money. We put money in your pocket when you need money. 757-932-0177. Stay with us online at Black Wall Street Today on Facebook and Black Wall Street Today on Instagram. And then follow us on Twitter as well at BWS Today. We look forward to talking again next week. Have a wonderful week. I have said and I will continue to say that the most important priority for the black community is the black community, not a particular political party. Hey, yo, when I say black, you say Wall Street. Black, black Wall Street. When I say black, you say Wall Street. Black, black. When I say black, you say Wall Street. Black, black. When I say black, you say Wall Street. Black, black, uh, black Wall Street, black Wall Street. Phenomenal. Phenomenal.